0: Good evening, B'Shosh, the one of the panelists, B'Shosh, Avimah We're standing over here, Baruch Hashem, not the first year not, the second year not, the third year not even the fourth year of this panel, at this time, at this Heil Ga'asifah, and Baruch Hashem, this discussion has earned a reputation, not only in the Eil Matari but across the Jewish world as a place where the process, the helical process that we call DAS Tyra happens in real time. I want to share something humbling that happened last year, eye-opening to me. Last year, the convention was uh, held under the restrictions of COVID, under the pandemic. It was a virtual convention. And I thought to myself that this particular session would be a victim of the pandemic as well. I didn't think it would be able to be held virtually because for myself as moderator, so much of the give and take, so much of the flow, so much of the vibe... Depends on that which you feel from the audience. You see when there is clarity and you move on with another question. You see when there's confusion and then you go back and you push back a little bit to try to develop clarity. And I thought to myself that it would be impossible to have this sort of conversation. It would it be possible to just close the doors? Perhaps. It would be impossible to have this kind of conversation in a sterile, empty room? And in the middle of the discussion last year... I had an epiphany because I realized that the panelists, the Philadelphia Rosh Hashiva of Shalom Shlita with the Silver Spring Rosh Hashiva of Byron last year, they didn't care that there was nobody in the room. I cared that there were no people in the room. But they didn't need the applause to encourage them. They didn't need the laughter of the audience to bolster them. They weren't looking at the audience. It made no difference to them that there was nobody else in the room because their opinions don't come from outside, but from inside. They weren't looking at anywhere else. They were looking inwardly. Their answers were the same regardless. It's not like an opinion columnist in the world who sees which way the wind is blowing and then stakes out, stakes out their position. But just the opposite. And it clarified for me a ha'orah, a question asked by the tzaddik, the Mechim O'yulish Zaltaira, who was nifted earlier this year. Somebody told me over there at Heshi Zatzal, asked that at a Pesach Yeshiva dinner, that which we say, the pasuk that we quote in Yeshaya, when we take out the Say Taira on That we ask a pasuk in Yeshayah that said on Moshiach V'nochal of Ruach Chachma U'bina, Ruach Eitzu Gvura, Ruach Das V'yus Hashem. So Rabbi Hertz asked, Chachma U'bina go together, wisdom and understanding, and Das V'yus Hashem, of course, go together to be able to implement what we understand into Tiyosh Shemayim. But what does Eitzu have to do with Gvura? So he said that to be about Eitzu, to give people Eitzu, takes the strength, a, to give the person advice that's good for them and not good for you, and b, to know that you're going to have to stand by that advice because when people don't like it, they're not going after the one who received the etza, but after the one who gave the etza. And last year at this session, I understood something else. It's the guru of being completely self-sufficient, that the people who answer, based on their day jobs and the worlds of Gemara and Rashi and Taisus or of listening to Talmidim, guiding families, they give their answers not based on what anybody else is looking for or expecting, but that which they see the ultimate guru of being self-sufficient. It's a schuss without further ado to begin to sit with Marie Verabi, Schlitter, Rebais of Elephant, and Rebain Lapiansky, Schlitter, the Silver Spring Rush Yeshiva. Let's
1: begin. He's also Marie Verabi.
2: Actually, he's a
0: I think just in Hilchus Entertainment, we're going to start with the easy questions first, just so it should build up a little bit, if that's okay. It's a new world in America. In Eretz Yisrael, for, already, for generations, people understood, based on that which they were taught by the G'daylem, that politics and who you vote for in elections could directly influence your values, the shuls, the yeshivas, the ilum and who you voted for was, was, was very important and considered a Khaif kadash. Here in America, it wasn't always taken that seriously, but in recent years, we've seen many within the Torah community go all in on politics. The lines between religion and politics sometimes seeming to be blurred. Conservative values became a mitzvah, and such personal decisions like whether or not to vaccinate, which also hinge on a political bent, also became part of that holy war. Is there an Indian to be involved and invested in politics, and what are the practical guidelines? Start with the Silver Spring Yeshiva.
2: So, I would like to reference a Gemara in Aver de The Gemara says that when Reboloza was nitfas leminus, meaning he was captured um, and was about to be sentenced to death, he said something that sounded as if he's murdered to them, and he had tremendous star from it. So, Rabbi Kiva was... He, he, he was worried, why did he deserve it? So, Rabbi Kiva asked him, did you ever hear a dvar And it was Mahanayu?" And he said, yes, he heard a very good Vart about Estan uh, Zoyne, using it for Beis for Koen Godel, for Ani. So, I was thinking, the... We we know the Rambam says, "Kabalas emis misha Amroy. When a person says something that's emis, no matter what the mocker is, if it's emis, it's emis. If if a kaifa points you, you don't know where a and shacharach is, and he tells you where it is. So fine, so 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 he pointed you. But when somebody tells you something, and it strikes an emotional chord, Veheniani means ah a gschmacke that's that means that something alien resonated with yonishama so whenever if people were to sit down with covid race and say these are the issues um this is this is the problem with can it a this is a problem can it b let's, let's we but we have to go with b because it's 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 more important or with a that's and that's, where, that's how we live. But if somebody gets caught up with, with Simcha Rikudim, then the Vaheni Ani is traif no matter what. There is no political movement anywhere in the world that is teirah or teiradik. They have their world, their ideologies. Some of it is helpful. Some of it is, 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 is very harmful for us. But the idea that people would get nislahev on an issue that's Vetsam czar should really um, ask ourselves, we're getting turned on by something. And that's why the worrisome part of it is when people get caught up emotionally with it. That's the litmus test of are you dealing with it matter-of-factly or are you dealing with it emotionally in That's a, a big red line.
1: Perhaps just to add on to what the Rashiva said, that there's a certain danger of a person turning something practical into ideological, when in fact by us there's only one ideology, I would point out another risk over here involved. The question made a parallel between the political situation in Eretz Yisrael and the Haredi or B'nai Torah involvement and the involvement in American politics. But there's a very, very distinct difference. In Eretz all the involvement of the B'nai Torah in politics is accompanied by the fact that the involvement is coming, stemming from a clear understanding that we're not part of the Medina and we don't identify with its goals or the people who run it. In other words, it's not just an addition to the involvement. The involvement itself in the political process of Yisrael is a form of mocha that the Gedele Yisrael decided that as opposed to standing in Kikir Shabbos with signs, we're going to go vote, but it's an act of mocha. The, the danger of being involved in the American process with the Hislavas that the Rashiva decided is that some people might forget where they are. And we're not, we don't belong here. We're in Gaulus over here. I'm a visitor from here. I'm a visitor. And I I watch from afar the ferociousness of the involvement of the Benetura parts of the society in their political movement. And I wonder to myself, have they crossed that red line of feeling at home over here that we're Mandiomars in America per se? Well, we're not. And the quicker we remember that, both on a Ashkafic level, on a practical level, we would do a lot better. And that's why the metaphor from the Eretz Yisrael system, it's it's, it's it's just the opposite. Over there, the involvement serves the role of the detachment from the system, as opposed to here. It's another part of the melting pot. I, I can see, as a visitor over here, severe Ashkafic ramifications of confusion in the young door of, are we Americans first? Are we Eden? And we're not. So besides what the Roshiva obviously said, which is a distortion of a fundamental ideology, there's also a problem in our place, in Gullus in general. Now, in Europe, when the Gdolim sent people to the Polish parliament, the same, I think it was called, um, it was done as Mamish, like Roshiva said, as his shtados. Nobody had a havemin that we would be coming at home in Poland. I wonder whether that line hasn't been crossed over here with political advisors who are Haredi and political ad- advisors who are who are part of the B'nai Terra camp, whether it's given our young generation a sense of permanence and belonging to the system. And that's a major risk hashkofokly that we're still in Gullus over here. And that's something that we need to keep in mind very much. We're not Americans at all. We're, yeah, we're, but, we're American citizens. We're part of America. But it's, we're in Golis, the hashkofo-wise.
0: And listen, I'm not just talking about bumper stickers on cars and color war. I'm saying something much deeper. When you, I live in Canada, when you check in for an airline today for your thing, and by gender, you have maybe 19 options of what, what you want to put over there. People are very scared to raise their kids in this climate. They feel like if one party is in power vis a vis the other, they're really in trouble. Our basic Hashgraphic guidelines are going to be for sale I think and that, not negotiable. I, I, think that,
1: I think that it is emotional. I think that communism and socialism and Zionism and Bundism was as much as a tangible threat to bringing up our children. And the way we dealt with it was by strengthening our in-house Hashkafic um, infrastructure, being children: what's right and what's wrong. Um, that doesn't necessarily, and it certainly, like the Roshiva said, to make the Heshtadlus,
2: which is possible. But, but
0: why I, isn't that emotional?
2: That I, I care about... Well, p- l- let me point out, many of the people... Who might be on the, on on the uh, right side, so to speak, in these issues? You hear them talk; you get a lot of Christian overtones. So, do I do I want to say amen I when the person says um, when that's what he's saying? Uh, you know, the, the, it's it's come the messiahs is that a lot of it comes with with heavy Christian overtones that we need to run the other direction. So. We're, we're in a minefield, and we look to clear the mines, but we're, we, we, there's nothing here that we're embracing. We're, we're figuring out w- what's the way with the least casualties. So
0: what Shishiva Rabbi is stating unequivocally, that, that doesn't mean that conservative values are always tighter
2: values. I, I, well, I, the word conservative values, where does it come from? It's a certain mindset, but the truth is, some of it, a lot of it, part of it is yoynik from a sense of Christianity, as one of the people who embraced it that the America should have one religion. So, tachlis, um, no embracing any party means um, a shotgun marriage to somebody you don't want to be married to. You need to pick and choose at the polls, and that's why it's it's It it should not. We should be scared. We should know clearly the picture, what are the issues with this, the issue with this, and just pick and choose. But, but that we become identified, that, that's, that to me is, is, is dangerous, like, like as pointed out. It's dangerous in the bigger picture. And, and also, it doesn't, a does not identifying with that. Wherever it comes from, it's coming with a lot of overtones that we really don't want to be shy to. I just want to add on, I just want to correct, correct the
1: Nusukh of the question. You know, you just asked the Rosh Hashiva, are conservative values Torah values? Of course not. Of course, conservative conservative values are Torah values. Elamai, you're going to say that it's we're we're beginning now a messianic era where we're going to fix the world. Those, if we're talking about heshdalus, which is to to allow us to live here, so it's not a question of values, it's a question of technicalities. If we're talking about fixing the world, so. Are we talking about voting on the Shivas Mrs. B'nai Noach? In other words, what is, what is the agenda? If the agenda is to take care of ourselves, so of course, we need to do whatever we need to take care of ourselves. If the agenda is fixing the world, so we're not fixing the world now. And that, that's, what the, if the, that's where it's coming. Where are you coming from that we should go active? Conservative Who we try, if conservative values are Torah values, we're worried about the world out there, we're not fixing them. We're worried about our kids. Our kids will not absorb Torah values because we, we, both, we vote for some CPAC or from that are going to start to go to a caucuses. Um, from values will come by the Shabbos table we'll teach our children right and wrong. So we have to know what are we fighting for these values for to fix the world, no, and to fix our children at the Shabbos table. Okay.
0: We'll move on. We have a nice marriage, Baruch Hashem. We get along beautifully. We enjoy each other's company. And work well, raising our children together. We both like to vacation. the question where right ahead. here. I <laughs> got. We both like to vacation, but in different ways. And over the last few years, I do a winter jaunt to Florida with my friends. My husband go, goes away with his friends for a few days, Derek Yisrael, or elsewhere. Others, I know, eat out separately. the men with their friends and the women with theirs. Is there an issue with this? And do we have to do everything together?
1: So the question is, should people go on vacation separately? At the risk of sounding like the Yushalmi Kanoi, Woe Znaim Shekach Woe was to us that we've gotten to such a question at the Gura Convention? I'll explain why. The question does not involve a couple having time alone or downtime alone, or each one having a little bit of their own life and relationships and brothers and sisters and friends. We're not talking about that. The, context, the concept of, of a couple going on separate vacation, I think, touches on three issues. I'll say them quickly. One is, it's a lack of tsnius of a man to go on vacation alone with men and ladies to go on vacation alone. The man is not going to in mir yeshiva, and the lady is not going to BJJ reunion. So the, the idea of a man going alone on vacation and a lady going separately is not sinous. A. B, the idea of going on vacation alone means that the spouses have a life of their own outside marriage. There's no such thing by us. But number three is the main thing that I want to point out. And what I, what I may say may sound controversial. yes Michiela. What does it mean that a person says that I can't go on vacation with my husband or my wife? Because we're fine schmeckers and the type of vacation that one of the spouses needs, the other one can't supply exactly. That means the general idea of vacation, both of them can do, Baruch Hashem. You can go to a vacation place, sit on a porch, look at the sunset, learn, read, spend time, talk together. We're talking here already about a fine-tuned, calibrated vacation, which neither spouse can supply the other. So the answer is that we didn't come into the world for that. The idea that a person can't go on vacation with their spouse because the spouse can't supply exactly the thrill that they need. Sounds like, you know, little kids on a Chalamayi trip where one wants to go to the circus, one wants to go to the zoo when there used to be such a thing. And the third one wants to go to an amusement park, so there's a clash. We're talking about people who Our adult people, they need a break. The whole head to go on vacation is because a person needs a break. A person needs to relax. That that the vacations have become an end of themselves as opposed to become a way of life, become a culture for themselves and as an end as opposed to a means to relax. And therefore, the husband and the wife can't go on vacation anymore together. Shumu shumayim. What hashkofik message are we sending to ourselves of the role that a vacation has and what we're doing in this world in general? It's something which is beyond my comprehension how we got to such a thing, that it's even a legitimate possibility that, that it's and a person thinks that it's the thing that everything has to be calibrated to the nth degree, and if my pleasure won't be exactly the way I imagine is, I'm going to go part ways from my family. What's to go leave a wife or a husband for a week? In order to be able to go with friends to have the vacation you may want, that's a fundamental contradiction to what we're here in the world for. And I'm not against vacation, I go on myself.
0: Rabbi doesn't go on vacation. I do. I, I go on vacation. For America to visit Almaden twice this, this is a vacation. It's not, it's not <laughs> a vacation. <laughs> not a vacation.
1: you don't know where I go on vacation, and Bichal. And <laughs> and, and <laughs> town of Austria that I go, you don't know where I am, okay? <laughs> Is it in the picture magazines? What? Is there any pictures in the magazines? What? Rabbeinu <laughs> Desha? <laughs> no, not yet. Okay, that be a golden stick, uh, Shiva.
2: And I, w- I would like to add, in Halacha, you, you have a framework for the points that he's made. You have a musig Baila beir, and you have a musig Ishta Misham rasei. And even though we're not going to apply it halakhly, we're not talking about it, but you see, Chazal the Herod, that there is a Shmira, when Ba'ilah be'ir, and for a man, the woman Shmira is a little bit less, so it has to be not Mishamrasa. It's a question of two women being and so on. But Lemaisa, it means that there's a certain sense a person has that he's married. Um, when a person goes away, when a group of, when the boys go away, it brings the person back to Tukufa. Before he he knew what Khatouna Sun is. There's a, there's a certain precursor oil that comes with it, emotional, mental, which doesn't lead to a good place because basically you're trying to relive the quote-unquote good old days before you were Meshubit and Merusin and and everything like that. So, so I think the, the, the framework of setting it like that in itself is, is problematic. Um, you know, it, it's, uh, it, it's something that the Taylor understood human nature, and human nature is when there's a sense of family that's appropriate. It's also something we, we complain so often, Bismarck said, that we don't have time for family. We're so busy with work. We're so busy with this. He's expected to go to his share, expect to go to work, and has no time for family. And then when there's time for family, family doesn't want to be together. It's kind of strange. Um, like Reb said, there's Baruch Hashem enough places that you can, you can do different activities. It doesn't mean that um, a man can't sit with a man and schmooze, and a woman can't can have friends. That's posh, it's obvious. But the idea of going away for a few days is something that's, in, our, in my mind, there's, 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 there's an error there in Thankfully, over the last number of years,
0: there has been increased vigilance and awareness regarding matters of abuse and how to better protect our children. But along with that comes a dangerous mechanism in threatening innocent rabbayim and teachers and public figures. How do we police those individuals? A mere, unsubstantiated claim can wreck the lives of innocent people and their families. How do we stop it from being a one-way street? I should add a personal note that this question comes from one of the most talented Dedicated and experienced Rabbi Abayim and Yisrael.
2: The question is very, very painful. And I was speaking to somebody in Yerushalayim, an extraordinary chashev of Paisik, was involved in many Yenim like this. I had a conversation about Saminyin and he's very frustrated and and just overwhelmed. And he said the only place that handles it normally is B'nai He said, and this person told me a few few aspects. There's a bezin there, a very, very Chashver bezin, who work closely together with the police and their complaints are fielded. The police understand the sensitivity that as long as it can be handled um, in a certain way, it's handled. The minute it's not handled that way, it goes through criminal track and so on. He didn't tell me all the details, but, but he told me the, 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 the close relationship um, was and the understanding of what to do was very critical. In Yerushalayim, where this person is, um, he said it's it's Hefke. There's just too many different groups and so on. So it, it, this this really it's it's not a question. It's describing a tragedy. There are terrible things, and the and the, and the um, so-called and the solutions are just are terrible. Also, it's it's lose-lose is lose, both ways. Um, let's. I, I just want to point out what what uh, should have been, what could have been. I, I, I don't mean it can it can be implemented, but the problems. You need people. Who know how to investigate these things? Um, just like a Rav who has a yoyer yoyer smicha, is not going to pass in and just like somebody passing dini momenis is not going to pass in which we don't have today. To be on the hedge of is another thing. It's an area. It's a, it's an area of tremendous expertise, knowledge. Kula professional people do or don't know, but certainly someone who has no shaykes it really has no way of, of ascertaining the facts. Two, the incredible pressures. So, if somebody is suspect, the 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 um, family either cannot believe it, either choose not to believe it, or whatever it is, they will terrorise anyone taking action. Which so what happens is everything goes on to. Uh, media and every narishkeit and every falsehood and, and it becomes a spiraling snowball of, 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 of everything bad so, so we're in a terrible lose situation we cannot address issues that need to be addressed in a and we condemn people who maybe shouldn't be condemned also didn't fascists it's a tragedy of Israel that we do not have a mechanism to deal with it um, it has to do a lot with, there were so many groups. So n- there is no overarching group, Besdin, that A, is trusted, accepted by everyone, and has real power and leverage. The setup in Nabrak, if it works the way this, this place is described to me, is unique in having the advantage The Besden is, and they work with the police who have at least some understanding of, of how to get evidence and, and things of that nature. And and they do it both with an eye to be sensitive and an eye to protect. Um, in, in the general halacha of um, Lashon Hara, so there's a fine line, a very sharp line. Lamei boy means to prevent um, problems, you need to talk. So if somebody is stealing money, then you need to alert the people you're stealing from. You're machuyif. Certainly if somebody's stealing the fascists. On the other hand, to go and besmirch somebody just because you're upset, angry, and whatever it is, and very righteous and righteously indignant, is usher. The the Chavis Chaim's line is very sharp. It, it clear about this point. The the, the specific halachas are very hard to pin down in Metsias, but the point is vindictiveness, vengeance, expressing some sort of emotion. There's no heter to to be right of somebody for the sake of being right of the person. Um, It's accept if he's a public figure and the person is clearly somebody that's bringing classical down. I mean, the the, the conditions he makes are are credible. But to prevent harm, you're to do. Um, and so on. The, the same thing is true with people who run a scam uh, scheme of some sort. How do you alert people to it? Um, we, we, we shy away from things like that at all in our newspapers. You obviously don't want to write about people. On the other hand, so then how do you prevent it? How, how do people get away with it, and then... Rosh last year, yes.
0: at this panel, Rosh Hashiva spoke about scam, stock organizations, Rosh Right. Rosh members. I work for a magazine. We tried five times to do articles on it, and people are pushed scared to talk, to go on the record. And they all said, this is a problem, that's a problem, but don't
2: use my name, I can't talk about it. So, so, so you know, these... Now, the one thing, one small tikkun. and again, this is the only thing that, the only thing that can come out of this that I, I, I can think of is we'll start being mechavin or hashiva shleif tenek It's it's the bracha that was least mechavin, you know, refur bracha parnasa. Even sometimes for Dasa mechavin, shuvah. Um, does shuvah you know,
0: have a place that is a school with
2: daven? That thing maybe like a keva <laughs> that you want to suggest? I, I, the, the um the, the, but but you know hashiva shleif The idea that we can have communal authority. In Europe, there used to be a killer, was a small entity. The Rav usually was somebody who could have a hand on the entire community. He had tremendous leverage. Kulai vulai, we don't have it. And therefore, this, this is horrifying problems. The things I can think of, the two small tikkunim, I guess. A, Rabaim um, and yeshivas should come to should be brought together for professional training. And it should include sitting with people dealing it and understand the symptoms of, 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 of things that need to be really um, checked out to become aware. you don't, Instead of talking about a particular person, but there should be awareness of what are the things that are suspicious, dangerous, unacceptable. If you do not let your child get into a situation that he shouldn't, we'd be much happier... The poor person who did it, he's a Baltaiv, got schlepped in, and then his family goes to Timoyen when things get out. So building an understanding constantly, what are the typical scenarios that you need to be wary of? Certainly at least the Manalim should have that. And secondly, as far as scams go, people should have a better sense of investment, that if you don't know what you're doing, and if it's too good to be true, then keep it in, I don't want to say piggy bank. But in, what's kosher for piggy bank? The, but people should have much more of a chinuch. Um, unfortunately, especially at Israel, people are naive. No one asks themselves why, if this is such a fantastic bargain, aren't big companies investing, they need 10,000 shekels from some poor younger man in Nebrak. The, the person never even understood that. He never understood that there are ways to raise money other than offering, you know, a, a high percentages for, to a poor young man in the neighborhood. More education of life. And even our children, there, there's, there's beginning a small amount of, of, of child-appropriate um, books and things like that. It's something that, that, that's something that's doable to some degree. But on a communal level, it's a tragedy. That's, I, I think that's part of what we need to hope for, because I Personally, I don't see that there's any mahalach to to, to be able to to bring it out right. Happy? Yeah. Sorry.
1: I would just hit on to what the Rashiva said. With one with one horror, the question involved a certain clash between the obviously needs for villagers and the question of abuse and molestation, and yet, to balance it out with the fact that people are very quick to judge and to pull the trigger. Um, until the Hashiva Shoftenu kicks in, which I don't see imminent. Um, saying, uh, lo- yes, I, uh, the I, I want to suggest something which, which might help us um, lower the tension on this issue. And that is I think that if it would be a million percent clear to every part of our Tzibor that we have at Tzibor have zero tolerance for abuse. Zero. Zero tolerance. Zero tolerance means that we won't cover up for those who are guilty and we won't be matzic and feel bad for them and their families, whether or not we should. But the price tag for the non-clarity on the tolerance is this village this, this activities of chasing anybody who schmecks because anybody who smells of it because the tzibur doesn't feel secure. If the tzibur would feel secure and a clear message will come out from the Rabbonim and from the Manhigea tzibur that the Torah tzibur has zero tolerance for abuse. Zero. And there are many ways of the tzibur to express it, both in Machshove and in Mysa then the zebra wouldn't feel a need to act on their own and act as cowboys in a in a in a west in a wild west to act on their own because they feel they're saving So people would feel safe people would feel secure but because this lack of tolerance is not crystal clear it's just not and people don't feel safe so we're seeing there isn't zero
0: tolerance? Of, or that there, there is not zero tolerance, or that it, we're not passing that on? Well? We
1: have not been made – the tzibur doesn't feel secure. And the tzibur doesn't feel I, – I, I suggest that if the tzibur would feel the zero tolerance, they would see it in action, it would calm people down and give them a sense of security, that they wouldn't have to act on it. It's very simple uh, – uh, Guardian Angels was born, I, I, it was when I left New York almost 40 years ago when there were no police on the street. So, when there were no police on the street, uh, uh, well, it's created uh, all types of uh, volunteer uh, so that, forces. Have become like. And like- the Cibor is acting on their own, and every Barber Avda Hajem who goes to the mikveh in the morning thinks that he's saving Klaizo by letting everybody know about it because he doesn't believe that the system is going to protect us as a system. We have to make it clear from the top down. We have zero tolerance for abuse and molestation on any level. And somebody who is going to be involved in such a thing has no part in our Tzibur, and we're not going to tolerate it. And if that message would come out crystal clear, the CBR as a whole wouldn't feel the need to act on their own as local sheriffs. Can
0: I ask a question? I don't understand. You never the, asked, we
1: well, just to ask questions when I knew you when you were young. <laughs> what happened all of a sudden? I, I'm, you became, okay, you, you I mean, must be aging.
2: You, you could say you asked it
0: for a friend. <laughs>
1: so, yeah. the, my friends want to know. We should become like woke, secular
0: people who take down anybody when there's no such thing as quiet anymore. Nothing's being dealt with behind closed doors. As soon as there's an allegation, the whole world knows about it. That's the mitzias of today and the world we live in and social
1: media, etc. So we should follow that pattern when we hear a half a half a mean on something. So Sabbath. just the opposite. I'm trying to understand. You you didn't understand what I said. I said just the opposite. I said that the concern that the question is raising about everybody running their own business, exactly what the Roshiva said, and everybody running their own two man court, okay, and hanging everybody. How do I influence zero tolerance? A regular person on the street. I'll tell you, because the regular person on the street is afraid that nobody's going to deal with it, so he has to deal with it. Now, the regular hand doesn't know what it's talking about. He doesn't have the information, like the Rashiva said. He has no clue what to do, when to do. He doesn't know what information means, so even if you would rights? have it. That person feels a need to act because the person doesn't feel safe. If there would be a 0 tolerance policy and people would feel that the perpetrators when they are caught and when they are proven, not in a field uh, field trial, Okay. Then they would feel safer, and they would leave the system to deal with it. Even if we don't have a bed, it doesn't have, to have time. It would dramatically create more safety, but they wouldn't have the need to hang everybody automatically. Okay.
0: I want to read two questions that are a little bit of contradictory to one another, so that we have both sides of the coin, and then the Ravon will answer based on the topic raised. The first question is: I was at a Simcha recently, and I heard an older person, a survivor, remark. I never thought I would say these words, but I feel like maybe the Yidin have too much money. People don't even know what to do with it anymore. It was a very jarring remark to me. Is that ever a correct comment to make? That's part one of the question. Somebody else wrote in the following question. Chazal teaches us that Rabbi Mechab Wealthy people give staka and they carry our maestas. Big deal that they make nicer semchas than you do. Why is everybody so busy fetching about them? learn to have self-esteem, and stop looking at what other people do. Those are the two questions that come from two different people, obviously, but both are touching on the same phenomenon.
2: <clears throat> so I guess start more with the first question. I, I'd like to take something from a parasha. It says the difference, Hazal pointed out the difference between Yaakov and Esav is, Esav said, Yeshdi Roev, Yeshdi Rav, I have a lot. Uh, as Esav said, Yaakov said, Yeshli koil. So, um, Rashi points out that Esav is there, Kaiva, Yeshli Rav, and Yaakov uh, is there, Hanov, Yeshli uh, koil. From the little myth I remember, the whole is always greater than as many parts as you can add up. So if somebody says, I have a lot of money, and somebody says, "I have all the money." I would assume all is bigger than a lot. So what's the pshat? W- w- I mean, where is the midas anava of uh, of Yaakov, and uh, as opposed to Esav over here? An answer is that Yaakov's perspective is totally different. Um, let's say I if, if I have. Uh, I'm I, I, I manufacturing a car and it needs 10,000 pieces. And someone asks me, do you have the pieces? So if I say I have a lot of pieces, that's meaningless. I need to say I have all the pieces. Anything more, I don't have. It's not Nagair. Coil is a reference to something. Akarishboro who gave us things allocated. And Yaakov said, I have everything I need. Anything I don't have, I don't need. And anything that I have, I need. Esav measured things by himself. So I think myself rich if I have $100,000. If I have $300,000, I think myself very rich. And if I have $3 million, I'm fantastically rich. Yaakov Avino, if I have $3 million, then I have to do something with that. The chinuch that we need from the youngest age... When we talk about Kaddish Baruch Hu is everything, Hu is everywhere we jump up and down, that's wonderful for jumping up and down. What does it mean in real life? In real life means, A-Kaddish Baruch Hu gives me. He gives me days of life. So we're used to thinking of Ruchnis and Olam Haba in, in, sort of in, a, in a quantity. So if you have a thousand mitzvahs, you get this seat in Gan Eden. Five thousand mitzvahs—that's in Gan Eden. So, if I was able to live 120 years, so, so we say this. So, 60 years is so 60 years I did mitzvahs. Hashem, enough mitzvahs to last me bis kinder. and I'll take—I'll I'll retire the other 40 years. What do we retire the other 40 years? Akharish Baruch gave you a day of life every day he gave, and the question of Yom Adin is not going to be how many mitzvahs you had. And the question, Yom Adin, is not going to be, you know, what you accomplished. It's going to, you're going to be standing, Adin V'Chashim, with everything. Every bit of talent, every bit of time, every bit of resources. Everything was given. And the question is, what did you do with it? That's a whole different way of looking at things. So if HaKadosh Baruch Hu was mizakami me with talents, I need to ask myself, what did I do with it? Yaakov Avinu went back to pick up Pachim K'tanim. And Chazal are extremely, they, 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 they look at it as, as a chshivas. If I were to tell you that I went back at one o'clock at night to Harlem to pick up uh, um, two tchachkis that I left over there, you, would people think that it's a Midataiva, Or they would think that I'm nuts or I'm a sick miser? The answer is, if it's my tchachkis, then, then, then I need help. If I'm a Neman and someone trusted me with something and I do attack it because I'm a trustee, then 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 Nehmon then, then the, the Chinuch, our Chinuch is a lot. You got a lot of mitzvahs, a lot of stucker. The question is not, did you give a lot of stucker? The question is, every dollar Bill HaKashbarah gave you, what do you do with it? You can use it for yourself, but you're going to have to answer in Yom Din. I needed it. It was important for me. And not to a neighbor, um, takarish did That gift stuck at random. Did I give it to whoever made the nicest pitch? Did, did I give it to the person I want to get rid of because he's annoying? What did I do? A person has time. My al Rebbeim, Reb Nochem I think back and I'm in awe. He was getting progressively sicker. I was a young boy. And my chaverim were young kids, they were eighteen. He never didn't have time to speak and learning. And Mammish when it was because his every moment was for this. And then at some point, when I think he stopped saying so much or something like that he said, this is the sharpest thing I ever heard. Raboisai, whatever I have, I have in Yoschus. And if I don't have it anymore, Yoshus. Is, is deficient. He said those words because that was the Emmas. Every minute that he breathed was, was first, first. I'd never seen him say, I'm tired, I don't have time, I'm overworked. Never. He had time to give. I, I can't think of a moment in the day or the night that he had. So there were two people that shepherds hunt him to make a Seder. He didn't, he said, I have no time. He said, He said, He said, that's when I could to <laughs> the, 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 there was, but that was and the same thing the money the money that we have today is because we worked so hard to earn it Bitochen is not that we'll have money Bitochen is also afterwards that if I got the money it came from some place every dollar bill is going to be accounted for it's, it's true for, for the biggest it's true for me it's true for every single person so I think the we need to be our children that life is about accountability Everything that we have, we're going to be asking, you not how much stock we gave. What did you do with the money I gave you, the talent, and so on? That's vis-a-vis the first question. Maybe we'll take a break and uh, come round. Uh... The,
1: the, what the Roshiva said, the Meforshim all speak out that the real meaning of the Midas MS of Yaakov Avinu was the honest use, usage of all his assets that he had to channel them? Because when a person doesn't use their assets in the correct way, so then a person's living a lie. And the same way, Yaakov Avinu utilized—that's living a truth. I, I want to add on something to what the Roshiva said. If this is Rishos, Misil in his first parak, I always say Misil Secharim first parak. Everybody knows because when we do our Misil Secharim project, we all learn the first parak. Afterwards, it gets tricky. First, paragraph, we all know. So, over there defines what he considers to be the most important thing that a Yid should know is the relationship to Elam Haza and to Elam Haba. He says over there in a fascinating uh, expression. How much Elam Haza should a person take? By the way, it's a dilemma that used to absorb Eden all the years. How much should I take? How much should I allow myself? That's really the the Tzad Shava, the common denominator are both questions. So Mr. Shom discusses it. Mr. Shom says something fascinating. Mr. Shom says that the amount of Olam Haz a person should take is That a person should be able to clear one's heart to do a HaShem. That's an incredible equation. How much Gashmir should I take? He doesn't say wear one shirt like Rav Shach in Slutsk and then it ripped in the back, and he sat with his back to the wall the whole week till he washed it in the Slutsk River. And he doesn't say that you should eat two crusts of bread like the going. He says a fascinating, open-ended equation. You should take what you need, Well, you need to clear your mind. Some people need a car, some people need a house, some people need clothing, some people need more than one shirt a week that they washed in the Slutsk River. The problem with that is that nobody wants to hear that line because after that line... By the way, is not an exact science. It's not physics. It's a a judgment that a person makes. After a person takes from Olam Hazer what one needs, generally speaking, to give him a sense of calm and emotional stability, the rest of it is... um, We don't have a choice for it. That's the truth. Now... The over-involvement and the using things which there is no reason for it. There's no lefanois liboy at all. Just for the sake of an end of itself is a contradiction to our etzem being in the world. And what's going on today in our world where a a marginal part of the tibor has completely broken this boundary of Laman Yucha wherein there is no connection at all to the level of 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 that they're living on at all, in any way to the sense of emotional state, and it's become an end for itself, I, I will say a sharp statement that I will stand behind is derailing terrorist society. Nothing less than that. Because Terrorist society is built on a track to Elam Haba. It's a prosdar. We're not talking about anything extreme. We're talking about fundamental, normal, Ereloch Jewish life. And we are off track completely because the minute we cross that boundary of Lamanyucha Lofanos in a dramatic, drastic way, and we're way beyond the boundary, the rest of the Tzibor is confused. And we are sending the most dangerous, risky message to our youth. About what's important and what's not important, and it's a it's an existential danger to our way of life. Now, What would
0: you say to the second part of the question? Then? Rabbi mm-hmm. teaches us to always have self esteem. Stop looking at other people. Don't be so busy it's with them. Live about, your life.
1: It, it, the mistakes. Who stole my self esteem? What do you care stole, that I went about about at other jets? people? We're talking about people who are. We're talking about a hashkafic distortion. We're not talking about jealousy. If the guy next door put up a a, a cross outside his garden and he davened you next door, you wouldn't ask me such a question about what are you looking at the other guy. We're talking about giving legitimacy to a Hashkafic distortion. We're not talking about jealousy. We're talking about a way of life under the guise of our way of life, which is not our way of life. So it's not about jealousy or self-esteem. We're talking about our children who are in the same schools with the children of these people are growing up in houses where the icker has become toffel and the toffel has become icker. And that's a, a hashkafic distortion. That's not an issue of jealousy or self-esteem. There's no therapist for self-esteem that's going to fix that problem. So if you could,
0: if could address, A, the people who have the extra money, the geverim, and B, the middle-class guy who's just trying to get through, what would you tell them in one the sentence? Rosh Hashiva
1: said what the your, what, the Rosh, Hashiva Rosh Hashiva said what the middle-class guy should do. He should use the man the He should channel his assets for avoidance Hashem. And the middle-class guy should know that Mr... Mr. Gvir, who is not doing that, not all the people who have means are living like that, but those who are not doing that are off track. And they're a threat to our way of life and
2: needs to be said straight out. And I I would add, and as what you said, certainly when I as a yachid look at somebody who made a fancy chasna and I start saying Lashnahara, there's more than a drop of personal jealousy. Oh, take a look. He's, he's, you know, this and that. And I have to work on my personal medias and saying, what do you care? But when we're asking ourselves, as it's for that person who um, has the means and he does something like that, and the way the question is worded where he gives a lot of stock and holds out all those moistness. So I once heard from his uncle, Rabbi Rav of he once said, American Jews look at Torah as a tax. You pay your dues and then do whatever else you want. The idea that, yes, you gave a lot of tzedakah, so therefore, the rest of it, do as you wish. Bechol means, like I said, everything, a person is in this world for one tachlis, and he's accountable, so, we, 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 the fact that we have a lot and we gave a lot to Tztaka, giving a lot to Tztaka doesn't mean the chol meidcha. chol meidcha means every dollar has to go to Vayes Hashem. So lefanos libo is valid, and and therefore what a person needs for the appropriate rachvus adas to, 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 to be oisik and tayra mitzvah that's that's certainly right, but. But a person needs to live It's We, we need to give a different perspective because the, the way the question is worded, he gave a lot of staka, okay? And and the, and therefore, he, he's paid his dues to society. Now he can go on and, and enjoy life. That's not our hashkafa.
0: Okay, we're going to move on. I want to ask a question that may be difficult to address. That's the haktam of the considerate question. Hasidim still follow the directive of Chazal, like Chazal Sayyid to Ben Shemayna Asher L'Chapa, and while the yeshiva world also follows Chazal, who give an exemption to those who are fully immersed in Torah study. However, today, when yeshiva is a universal way of life for al-Bachim, A, should this blanket exemption be revisited, and B is, while you might say that there's a risk of marrying boys off before they're ready, we would be raising them differently if they were expected to get married in 1920, similar to the way we raise our daughters?
1: A certain pattern of questions which Rashiva sends me first. <laughs> I'll tell you something. I don't know. Um, I'll say two thoughts about the matter. One is... The premise of the question is that, and in not addressing the Hasidic society, by the way, because like the question said, it's built that way to get married at a certain age. The expectations from the young couples are therein, because you're talking about a system where everybody has their brothers and sisters and siblings getting married that way, so they know exactly how the marriage looks at the beginning and what the state is. So the question is based, on those like this. From my experience, I don't think the boys of eighteen, Lithuanian boys, are ready to get married at all. I wouldn't take them for my daughter. B'cholal, okay? That's my opinion. One second. One minutes. minute. One second. One second. Again, we're going to start the, you know, at age eighteen. When the, when the Hasidic boys get married at eighteen, the tovale and because that's the mitigant, and that's the misservice. and it's working for them a million percent. In the world that we have, because the boys are not brought up that way. A boy of eighteen nineteen is far from ready to get married. I say this across the board. The question, the question, the, the questioner took this into account and said we should change. <laughs> we can't change anything in our world. Change what? We're gonna. You know what do we change? We're gonna start from scratch and redo our world. We can't even get. You can't even get a. They can't even get a bus pickup in Lakewood to pick up from one neighbor to another. And you're talking about. You're talking about changing our entire Lithuanian educational system, like. Do me a favor. What are you talking about? We're going to st- We can barely budge. We're trying to just get by day by day and try to educate the door. So the answer is in a utopian world, in other words... Uh when we have a shiva shavtaenu of the Rosh then we will also implement the change in the Litzvish educational system. It's not relevant, Bukhal. The boys are not ready to get married. You're talking about changing an entire way of life. Now I'm prepared that if the Litzvish world is prepared to adopt a lot of the hanhogas kedusha of the Chasidish etzibur and the digdukim, then we can talk. Until then, let's leave it for the other rishon lefnei achet.
2: I, 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 would, I would like to add, and, and uh, just when people talk about making um, tachyoness and changes, if I can, if I can, if I can give a, a muscle, if if a train stops, slams on the brakes and stops, it can do it, but everything in the train is going to go flying. Because everything in the train is going at that speed. So you, you, when you stop a train like that, everything goes with it. So, Larger social issues, it's not just, um, it's okay, so let's move the marriage up to, to 18 or to 19 or, or, or whatever it is. It's where are they holding when they're 18? And Rebasin uh, knows very well. And what's their expectation? And what does their life look like? You can't just take one arbitrary thing. How to engineer it? What, what are the critical pieces? It's just mind-boggling that, that somebody could think we could just say, "Okay, rabbi says You got married at 19." Whoa! All the pieces. Well, where are they? What's going to happen? They're certainly not mature. They're certainly learning. That usually, the best years of learning are when they're around 20. That's, that's the, the age when they really begin to mature in learning and so on. So, so it's, it's quite irrelevant to be able to redo a society, right? exactly like a very said. Okay, so
0: then at this very session a number of years ago, Mira Yeshiva Shrita, Rabbi Yobudni, who's really, this whole session is Nekras al he, this whole format was developed by him with his approval and with his active involvement, said something. He said that we have to do a better job. There are who reach that age, 20, 21, not all of them are able to learn with that same cheshek that was maybe expected of them. And we have to do a better job. Like in Litta they had the Tafaris Bahram, that there were options for them. What about now? The Bachum are keeping them there longer than in other systems, and a Bachum is maybe not learning with such cheshek. Should he stay in yeshiva anyhow? There are those who think there's a thought out there that says that if they're not being productive in yeshiva, they should be productive elsewhere.
1: Hold on. This is not a follow-up question, right? No, this is, it's a trick. This, this is a new question. Total trick question. What's yes. the trick?
0: New question. This is a new question. Up. Okay. Shifted so,
1: gears. So one second. Shifted gears asking a new question. with nothing to do with the previous question. We we went back to 22. It's a little
0: bit and, to do with it because if we're,
1: keeping, if we're saying they should get married 21, 22, 23, that means keep them in yeshiva longer. What if they're not What's producing? A, so you're asking a new question. Should we keep in, should we keep them, whoever they are, in yeshiva longer even though they're not producing? Is that the question? If somebody is not as productive as it was hoped for in yeshiva. What should, does not productive mean? He's not learning at all? He's hmm. learning uh, half a day in yeshiva. Half of every seder, you mean? Half of every seder. So, so the, 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 I can only share my own experience and say as follows that this is also it's a very there are certain topics in Kaiso which are very popular the populistic topics and uh, one of them is the Shidukim in the literature world where like with one blow in one question we we redid the whole system for thousands it's incredible it's, they haven't been able to get filters on the iPhones here for the last ten years but they're going to redo the whole system in five minutes the. Incredible, incredible. Filters they don't have yet, okay? But this they're going to fix. Whoa, whoa. I didn't... Must have been a major change since last year's convention. The the, the issue that you're raising about sending boys out from yeshiva who are not functioning is, A, a question not for a public forum like this, because it's buchlal, not a topic of a Every yachid is the difference. That's A. B is, we believe that Koltzmann, a bocher, is producing on some level in yeshiva, there's a chance that he can wax us, he can grow, and he can shtig. And there are countless thousands of Bacherim who, at age twenty, twenty-one, were, we'll call it, they were floating, or they were treading water, mediocrity, who steigt ice tremendously afterwards, because some bright fellow didn't come along and say, well, you're not learning who knows to the, to the your maximum, so let's, let's get you out to work. A vast amount of people like that who grew late bloomers. I, I've had discussions with so many parents who wanted to pull kids out of different systems where they weren't producing. I said, give the kid a chance. He's developing, he's blooming, and, and it came out like that. Second of all, second of all, the street is trafe today. The street is trafe. and the influences on the street, both hashkafakli and kedusha-wise, are absolutely trafe. And um, at the end of the day, yeshivas are also a tevas noyach. They've, they've taken on, they've adopted a, a new role that perhaps Shem didn't have in mind, is Chasashalm, a person who's sitting in yeshiva, who's not doing anything, is not sitting in yeshiva and doing a virus the whole day, chasashal, or doing things wrong or causing other people to do wrong. Of course, on an individual basis, something has to be dealt with. But as a klal question in a form like this, the answer is no. Um, there's no reason for a boy who's, fundamentally learning and fundamentally connected to Kedusha, to send him out to the street in his formative years when there's a reasonable chance he can still grow, and certainly not to take away, the B'kum say any level of Kedusha that the boy has. Again, if the boy is literally wasting his time, and literally not producing, then on a personal level, which is not our framework over here, but as a movement, I want to end on one more sense if there's Rishos. As opposed perhaps to some sort of common wisdom out on the street, a vast majority of Yeshiva Bochum are learning extremely well and succeeding. It's something that has to be said. It's something that we need to say clearly. And I I say this, both of us live with Yeshiva Bochum our whole lives, day and night. I happen to be exposed to a huge amount of Bochum in Yerushalayim, both in Mir, and in the Kachim Yeshivas, the boys are sitting and learning. The Bata Midrashim are full. And the amount of Bochum who learn a half a day is a, is a minority. Yes, the world is not perfect. Baruch Hashem, the Yeshivas are doing well. The Bochum are doing well. You can walk into any of the bottom Midrashim of any of the Yeshivas of American Bochum. There are thousands of Bochum sitting at 10 o'clock at night learning. Thousands on any night you can come in. I'm going to put my integrity on the line. Come in and see it for yourself. Hashem. I, I just want to mention that. Told me as a Talmud of Rabbi, they have Rebbeim who are there also at ten o'clock at night, right with them. It, it depends whether so, uh, sometimes I'm here at ten o'clock at night. It depends. It depends what's going on. the The, the point is is that the illum is learning well, and the boys who are not doing that well, I, I can tell you in my shi'a today, which is a shi'a today of a hundred boys, there were boys a year or two ago who. We're not learning the fullest of stone They weren't learning here for Seder. And today they're learning around the clock. These are boys who are going to sit in Kailan now for 10 years. And if some bright guy would have come along and sent them out a year ago to go out to the street. And they're stagging and they're learning and they're growing. And the system is working. There's a margin that needs work like every great system. And we need to do a better job with them. But chas
0: Could it be that maybe people see them only by Nazmanim so they get the wrong impression? What do you say? Maybe people only see them ben so they get the wrong impression.
1: Ben what's that?
0: <laughs> is the way a bacher looks ben azmanim an indication of how his man is going?
1: Is the way a bacher looks ben azmanim an indication of where his man is going? There's no, there's no statistics on that. It's very different every bacher. Um, I have I have um, five sons. One of my children, I won't say who he is, um, is a tremendous mitsuyin mamish, and. Um, He's even famous in the world that he lives in, in Eretz Yisrael. And um, he was a tremendous mitsuyin as a, as a Bakr. Really, he also has nice meetings. And um, he, 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 there were Benazmanos that he came home as a in Shiva HaGdele, where he didn't open a darned word, the whole Benazmano. And a boy's a master and A boy sat did on did that, like, that be said anything or left lot? be said anything or left a lot We're getting to that. One second. This is, my, this is where my wife comes in, and <laughs> I, being, I, I, we discuss back and forth. You say, "How could it be? What's going to be?" All the cliches that you know. And my wife, or yeah. Hashem, who's sitting here, who has the wisdom of Chachmas says, "Don't say anything." Kid had a heavy's man. Okay, um, he didn't. He didn't go on what's called belaz, a road trip. But he, he didn't open a saver, the entire not he didn't, he didn't open a saver, the entire zman. And the entire man manim, And he needed to relax. He needed to unwind. I don't know what happened. The next benazmanim man he learned, the next man he learned, is a rizik And baruch Hashem... I don't know. It's not a reflection. I don't know. I don't know. Most of the boys are learning very well. I don't know if Kaisal has to deal with this issue of does Ben reflect? I don't think it's one of the things facing humanity right now, whether, Clay, whether humanity reflects or not. I can tell you that the yeshivas are full, the aylam is steighing, the is getting married, the kreidel are full. There are problems in Kaisal. The bigger problems, by the way, is not the yeshivas. It's the problems of the overspending, and and those are things which are threatening our life. The yeshivas are doing well in general. We can do a better job, without question. Please, yeshiva. Shiva. I'm speaking too
2: long. Go ahead. Yeah, no. um, so, I, I do think there's a nakuda that was touched upon. It, um, because of the numbers in yeshivas, we don't always have the yadeh misper talmidim. Um, if somebody is fortunate enough to be in the home of abrasive, he has a mother who understands, does he need a break now or so? But there are times when it's a reflection that he's not doing well in general. It is, it's, it's, these, are, these are all things that could be nothing. What, what is, when somebody has temperature, what does that mean? It means either it's nothing or he could be about to die and anything in between. A bocha that's not doing much, do you see on him that it's a one-time thing that he's decompressing, or is not much happening during this man? So if parents are aware enough and sensitive enough and honest enough, and they have a Rebbe who has something on the pulse, you have an idea this bocha needs to be left alone. It's 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 kind of just a mood or whatever it is. This bocha needs to change environment. This book needs a change in, in, in she'er or something. This is really where a, a, the personal Havana of parents and Rebbeim come into play. It's, uh, it's not, a system is good for widgets. It's not good for people. And that's something that really, really is um, missing, unfortunately. Um, parents that are sensitive, they, they need to understand, is, is is the boy going through just... You know, it's a it's a tkufa and that's it. Or is he not if if a boy is not learning much during this man, it's nicker. And you can feel it and you can see it if you're a little bit sensitive and you're honest, and you should and he should be in a place where he has a Rebbe that, that can understand it and, and can advise you. I want to also address a second point. When you say you should be learning only half a day, they brought example the first and so on. Um I, so, as, I, I, so as the numbers go, there's, so as Baruch Hashem, Lea and her, the, the Tzibu becomes bigger and bigger, the percentage of boys that really are full-time learning can't do it to them, it's the same percentage, but it becomes a lot more. And we need to think of different uh, alternatives. But two things. First of all, an alternative that's a bit in the sense that. Yeah, learn a little bit, and and, and uh, it's, it's better than nothing. Is not a big remedy. You need a makom that will give a bacher a sense of chiyus and accomplishment. Hashem, if if it's doing chesed or whatever it is, Hasidus succeeded because they never went with the with the with the mantra. We're not as good as the Litvaks, but we're also something. That Hasidus doesn't draw too many Hasidim. I assure you. The, 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 it's because we're over with our tefillah and our simcha, and that's and so on and so forth. A makom that's mashbiyah and a bacha, with 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 strength, has a chance of doing something. Two, Chazal say means that whatever he's doing the other part of the day is working hard. Easy money, easy framework where you don't do much. That, that's not, that's compounding the problem. So yes, for a certain percentage of Bahrim, they'll do better if they're learning part-time and working hard the other part-time and living in an environment where somebody is being mashpia, that fakert. What you're doing is being, Oivet Hashem Kifi and it's a positive, powerful message. Not a kind of okay for you. It's okay to be over 50%. There's no such barrier in the world. The question is just what's right. And the fact that Hasidus succeeded with Yidin, who are quote-unquote Pasha Yidin, but it gave them the chiyus of kedusha, which is emes. That every person is here for a tafkid, and if your tafkid is to Davim or to say then, then um, this, is, this is you, and this is what a who wants. It, it requires that, that those, those frameworks we create are created with a tremendous chiyos and a tremendous inspiration and not just as kind of a, a, a sort of a halfway house.
0: The okay. mentioned something that the Rebbe said one year at his session. Rebbe said that the most important decision a family makes once they get married and start building a family is which shul they're going to Davenin and who their rob is going to be, which gila. So we've got a couple of shul questions. I want to ask one of them. For instance, they live in a community, and we grew up with an established structure of how a shul looks, the tzura of a shul. Younger people and older people and middle-aged people, and every kind of member in the shul added their personality to the shul and their character to the shul. Today, he writes, people want their own shuls. Younger people want their own shuls. They don't want to daven with their fathers or their shveras or their zaydas. They want to daven themselves with their own rav who knows their name and where they have a day in running of the shul. So they're in this situation. They want to know, is it a positive thing to join a young shul where it will be their place? And is it worth the hurt that it will cause people in the older shul and the fact that they're giving up on raising their children in a communal-type shul?
2: You...
1: She was saying that Rabbi is the one who created this by saying that it's an important decision. The... I think that, like everything else, it's a question of balance. There's no question about it that having a shul where there are and older people and Ehrlich who could radiate their Ehrlichkeit and their Dveikos and their experience and their wisdom is is a wonderful thing and it's a need. It depends what this new shul that Abay is opening up, which which it depends what the purpose of the new shul. If the purpose of the new shul is an act of merida, an act of saying, well, we don't want to have old people around, and so then the answer is no. If it's coming from a place of, we have young children, we want the rov to know who they are, we want the rov to know what they're learning, we want our children to be involved, and in the old shul they can't be involved, okay? That would be a serious case for a discussion of opening a separate shul. In other words, it has to be a real rochaniyah's need. I personally am a big believer that in addition to the primary role that parents play in the chinuch of their children, a role of a shul in today's complex world could be what they call a game changer in the fact that the child has another attachment in rochaniyah's besides his parents, not in place of his parents, chas shalom rov, I always tell those who are rabbonim in shuls, it shouldn't be a matziv that there's a child in shul that the rov doesn't know what the child's learning. Not in high school, not in a not in a siftah. should be such a thing, because otherwise you don't need to be a rov. That's the primary job of a rov today, to anchor down our younger door with another anchor. The parents are the Iker anchor and they're the most important anchor and nothing can replace it or, or downgrade it. But in a world where there are tremendous winds blowing, we need more anchors. A child comes to shul. The Rob gives a smile and says, oh, tell me a good kasha what you learned. Or the rav even radiates that he knows what the kid's learning. That's another anchor in a critical world. Now, if the purpose of the new shul that you're opening is for that purpose, so then they seriously what to weigh because it's a question a of two Ruchnius goals, and it's very possible the second outweighs the first because we need to add anchors to children in Ruchnius. If not, if it's made to just have a new Kiddush club because all the, all the people you know, have to have no salt, no sugar, um, and, and it's not working for the young guys who want to have a sushi chef at the Kiddush, so the answer is no, it's not
2: necessary to make it. You can stay in the old place. So, I, I want to add, in 1980, there was a Knessia G'dayla in Yerushalayim of Aguda. Uh, Knessir G'dayla is like a, a convention of conventions. And there was one evening when the Gedolim all spoke, and they asked everyone to be Matziah Takana. I was there at that session, and they, um, everyone had a new limud. Yerushalmi Dafa Yoyim, Chay on and on. Two people had a takhanas that were not a new limut. One was a who spoke about a takana that, that, that a person that's high to give a get should give a get immediately. This is 1980. And a said the following. He said, Baruch Hashem, a lot of shuls are opening up with Pnei teyre, like Hanicha Yeshiva type, what they call Hanicha Yeshivas there should be ta'cona, that no shul should open up without a rav. And that was an extraordinarily far-sighted vision. Yeah, that you it, it it, it really, really saw a certain roya Sanolat. Um a, a rav is, A, he's a mashpia. He serves, he's, he's helpful because you have a child, and he's in a yeshiva, the shiva b'chol is You need sometimes somebody who knows you personally and understands you and your family in the matzev and understands what might be helpful for your child and things of that nature. So, so finding a place where the rav is not just a nice speaker, not just a mekel and psak, but somebody who actually is is an aspiring figure that can lead people in a direction. Even if you're an accomplished Hamad Chachem, I think that's very important. As far as the point that he mentioned about Scanium and so on, my father's was Litvak, with real credentials. He grew up in Kovno, he learned to Slabotki Yeshiva, and then came to America. He would take me occasionally to Satma. We'd walk over the bridge, and I remember one Eishina Rabba, he took me to Kloisenberg once. He wanted I should see another tzura also, and a tzura that made a Rosham on him. It, it, it let, when the Tzfasemes was a young boy, the Chidush HaRim schlepped him to the Kotzka. He it, it was, it, it was at an age where people thought that even he couldn't possibly get anything out of it, couldn't, couldn't understand anything. And they asked him, it's so, so, um, Nat of you to take a young boy, a Yosem, in the cold. What are you schlepping in there for? He said, zulazen Avar Eid. Let him see an emissary Yid. Once in his life, he should have a sight of an emissary it, It's something that we don't, unfortunately, pay enough attention to. Bringing a child to see somebody, not a, not a big girdle to take a picture with, not, a, not an attraction, a Yid, a Yid, somebody that, that on a Surah's nicker, Harvanya and Amelos and Hashem, is something to, to it's, it's one of the things that you must incorporate in the Chenachvi children.
1: No, I just want to add on something to Rashiva said, just to strengthen what the Rashiva said. Rashiva said about the Zikenecha, So, notwithstanding the, the technical need of a Rav who understands the young kids, but in addition to experiencing an MSE Yid, because any any Yid from the uh, Kadar from previous door is more MS relative, but in addition to that, part of our relationship with HaKadosh Baruch Hu and part of our Maseur goes through the understanding that there's a hierarchy of how the Messiah comes down. So we grew up in a family where my zayde sat at the head of the table for tens of years. My zayde was Rabbi Kersner, a well-known Rav in Bar He was a Litvish Rav. My father was a Haimashiyid from the world of sons. And the way we were brought up was that Nobody said Zemiras or said a devarteira at the table, or my mother didn't serve the soup until the day they said. And that was despite the culture clash of the two worlds. The need for the hierarchy and the understanding that we have a Messiah, that we're connected, that has been severely weakened in our world because of many influences, and it's weakening our hold on the connection to Sinai. That hierarchy, so the Zekinecha, is part of a general hierarchy of an older door that we're, that are closer to Sinai, that are closer to the Miserah, and we it comes down through that. The Charlton's in that there's a Tata, and there's a Zayda, and there's an Altazayda, and we have Minhogim, and it continues through that hierarchy. All of that is part of what the Rashiva spoke about, about about the wisdom of his father, Teshom, and Emesayid. I'm going to close. We're going to end off with this last question of the night. It's
0: a little bit of a painful question. But it's an important one. We've come up with organizations and support groups for every single demographic and need in the firm world. Baruch Hashem. But the plight of the older single, especially the older single girl, hasn't been met. I'm not talking about the desire to get married and the loneliness that we face, but the way we're looked at in society and the lack of a clearly defined role. Whatever the situation, we're made to feel like the other. I was in Shul at and a well-meaning woman said to me, oh, that's so nice. You came to watch your nephew's dance? It's insensitive, I know, but it's reflective how, of how most people view us. How can we re-educate people and explain to them and to us what our Havayda is?
2: I, again, I, I, I don't have a specific solution. We had solutions But I think it it points at another area to be mechanach ourselves, our children in, and that's called noisib oylem chaveiroi, in the sense of when you hear about something um, that happened to somebody or some difficulty someone's going through. So our chinuch is go do chesed with that person, which again, of course, is is a very nice chinuch. But before that, sit down and picture yourself in that situation, and then ask yourself, what would you like people's reactions to be? How would you feel? I, I mean, a, a lot of this, the stupidities and crudeness and, and silliness in Nihama Velam would, would fall off if we would be able to think like that, to sit down and put ourselves in someone else's shoes. There's not enough chinuch about that. It's the chinuch is to go to jump to action, which is wonderful, and it's very good if the person needs a, a loaf of bread. So bringing a loaf of bread is is the right response. But so many people need an emotional support, and the only way you could know what's the appropriate emotional support is by being able, by by developing a sense of living through the other person. Reflect, how would you feel, and think of it, and then ask yourself, what would be the emotional reactions or interactions that I would be, that I would feel comforted me? I think if we teach ourselves and our children that, it, it might go a long way to at least at least we'll be able to grapple with it productively and, and do things that are, are helpful instead of uh, meaning well but stepping on people's uh, uh, you know, blisters.
1: I personally don't have uh, anything to say except the fact that this topic is an open wound in our society. It's a source of incredible pain. When we think about it, like the Roshiva said, it's hard even to wrap our wrap ourselves around such pain. And the tsar of the girl who's alone in a rented basement year after year after year is is really too much to to, to imagine and to comprehend and to absorb. I, I think the that's in fact that it's being raised over here, is itself a, an announcement to the tzibur. There's a lot of people watching this. So I could say the the old cliche, but let's say it again. It's a topic which is not enough on our table. There's a tremendous amount of tsibor that's in tsar, legitimate tsar, real tsar, our whole world, avaitas Hashem-wise and otherwise, is built around marriage. And... It's not just the not getting married, it's, it's the not being able to move on with life. And we have to accept the fact, I don't have any solutions over here, and the Rashiva also said that we don't have solutions for such a mega crisis, but it's legitimate to end this, this, this gathering by putting on the table that we have a real sorrow in our midst. that's, I can say a cliche, somebody should figure out something to do. I think there are people who are trying but I would say to the girl who's sending this question, your tzar is real and it's painful and we respect it and we don't take it lightly and we validate it and we understand it. And if everybody in Christ would daven for every one of these girls who bring Yeshua, we believe in the Karech HaTfilah. How much what the Reshiva said? To feel the pain of somebody else, to think about the pain. Of Volba Ori said in Mir Yeshiva that... The only thing that we have in the biography of Moshe Rabbeinu, it only says one thing in the whole Moshe Rabbeinu. It says he grew up Rashi says Nosan enov, liyeis meitze, liyeis meitze. enov is the person's intelligence to think. Liboy is his emotional system. It doesn't say that Moshe Rabbeinu was a nice guy and it came naturally to him. It says "Nosan." He had to make an effort. Chazal described that Moshe Rabbeinu was in a comfort zone. He was sitting in the palace. He had a very relatively luxurious life. Chazal say that Moshe Rabbeinu was zeich tekabolas haTorah because he stepped out of his comfort zone. A Kabbaluch said, I'm going to step out of my comfort zone and bring you the Torah." Avohbi once said an expression that Rabbi Yerucham the Mashgir said in Yiddish: "This is the ganze Moshe Rabbeinu." The entire biography of Moshe Rabbeinu was encapsulated in the fact that he went out of his comfort zone to feel somebody else's pain. And because of that, he was Zeicha, The author from Kelman writes that the reason why Neisit al I'm just adding on to what the Roshiva said, that Neisit al was so critical, he says, if you have a friend sitting on the bench next to you, and you can't feel his or her pain, how in the world are you going to feel HaKadosh Brochu, who is further away? So Neisit El is the defining primary step in developing a relationship with a Baruch Hu where those who we could feel their pain we should be allow ourselves and that was the whole the, the whole biography of Aisha that that he was boy that he was such a close relationship Ruchnius, because he stepped out of his comfort zone i think that the cry of this girl is a cry to all of us to step out of our comfort zone in any way which possible and with that each of us will be sure to create that relationship with that God that comes from stepping out of a comfort zone.
2: I wanted just to add a maize from an Adam Godel. Um, across the street from where I lived near Israel was the Yeshiva. And the Rosh Yeshiva was where Metzian broke. You remember Metzian. An old Nebardica, a Tzadik, needed nothing in life. Kol Simcha, so on. His Rebbe was Nifta. They were older already. She was Nifta. And a Kufi, afterwards, some like my Haverim went to visit him. I don't know if they went to visit him. Stam, whatever it was. So he said, He said, Chazal say, Ein isha mesa He says, Why do Chazal tell us? I should know? I know without Chazal. Chazal wants you to know what I feel like. That was uncharacteristic. He, he was a... but. He wanted to teach. He felt that they did not understand enough what his loneliness is like. And he was Taveya. That's uh, I just... Just want to
0: end off on a note of our in somewhat of a positive note, that we make jokes about not being able to solve all the world's problems with the press of a button. But it's not mama's true. People watch this and people hear. Again and again, this restores their faith in the process of speaking to Talmud Dechachamim and seeing not just the Chachma and not just the clarity, but also the empathy of Talmud Dechachamim. That brings them to their Talmud And sometimes that's after battle. So thank you.
2: You've
1: just experienced another Torah class brought to you by TorahAnytime.com.